Hello and welcome to this edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. It's a very special edition because we're back after three weeks and we're going to be discussing probably the most important single uh, TV show or movie uh, for the three of us and it's the British version of The Office. And then uh, we're going to talk about that for most of the podcast, but then we'll probably move on to a further discussion of Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant's careers. And there's no top five this week because uh, it's going to be this is more like kind of the director series. So sit back and enjoy. Um, gentlemen, so this is, as I said in the intro, the single most important thing for us. Basically, we spoke in the language of the office to each other for many years. And joke that it was the only thing that really connected us. Um, and so, with that being said, um, my first question for you guys is, and I'm sorry to put you on the spot here, and I'll give you some examples to give you some time to kind of think of it, but what is your single favorite thing about The Office? And I'll give you some examples of kind of what I'm talking about. Like, you could take it away. It could be, you know, a certain character, a certain performance. It could, I mean, it, this is a little bit broad, but like the writing, for example, could be um, one thing. The, uh, uh, a relationship between characters. Um, does that kind of make sense? What, what, what is your single, if you had to pick one, your single favorite thing about the British office? Ooh, that's a tough question. I, I, I think the first thing that comes in my head, and maybe I can expand upon this, but it's the subtleties of the show. And when I, I mean the subtleties, it's really in Gervais' performance. Those those moments where he gives a look, um, you know, a pause, those sort of things that after we saw that... It, it sort of, it sort of became how we interacted with not only each other but others that probably didn't know what the hell we were doing. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, yeah, it's actually for me, it, it's it's almost kind of exactly the same thing you were talking about, Jeremy. But to be more specific, I think it's sort of the the physical comedy in this show that I don't know that it gets quite as much credit for because, at least from us, because we you know literally like you said chapin our our conversations are made up of the dialogue from this show but this the shot or the scene that comes to mind is when he's listening to his messages and he then pretends to throw the phone out the window right and he drops it right. and it's like it on in any other anybody else's hands i feel like that's a that's a overused dumb joke but it works so well and like jeremy said the looks you know the little you know look at the camera and the, the bite of the lip Yep, the bite of the lip, and then you know other other actors like Martin Freeman's kind of just dry sense of humor when he just kind of like looks at the camera in shock at something that Gareth did. Like all that stuff just works so well. And and like I've said it before, but I really think this this particular Ricky Gervais performance is one of the best of all time. Like I'm talking like top five performances of all time because he and we can get into it, but. I, I guess I really had never seen anything like it before, and since yes, we've we've seen people try to emulate it, and it's become sort of a staple of comedy. And you, maybe if you'd never seen The Office and you were to watch it now, you would be like, okay, like it's good. I don't really get it. But at the time, Gervais' performance and this show was just absolutely groundbreaking. Yeah, I think it's important to to note that you know this The, the Office first premiered in. 
the UK in like 2001. And so, I mean, there, there may have been some precedent for mockumentaries in, in England that I don't know about, but this was definitely new stuff to be on TV, at least in America. And I think, you know, one, one thing that always kind of stood out for me was really, uh, you know, how that's that would that was going to be my uh this that's and it's sort of piggybacking what you guys said so the first the thing that stood out to me when i i mean i of course had to answer this question myself was was the form and by that i mean like that mockumentary documentary style like there it's so like it's such a bold choice in the sense that it limits you so much right like it's a tv show and and there's 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 so much you can't do but what what they what was sort of brilliant about what they did was figure out how much you can do with that format that you can't do with any other format you know the the talking heads the looking the camera the the awareness of having that the this camera present and that at one point this was going to be on television and they did that so as you guys said so subtly but it was such an important part of the show well, and I think that leads into how how uh, responsible they were in limiting the length of this series to essentially two seasons and a Christmas special, and because not to not to compare the two uh, too much on this episode, but it's inevitable. Is you know the American version of The Office lasted what nine seasons or something like that, and you saw where they ended up kind of losing that that format that that mockumentary format like they were off yeah they couldn't sustain they, they, it they left the office like it was it and it became sort of what essentially modern family is now where it's sort of a mockumentary but nobody really knows who the hell they're talking to they're just sitting on the couch confessional style but this lasted two seasons and that allowed them to stick with that format from start to finish and never really lose you know the the, the reality of the place that they were trying to, to trying to portray yeah, it's a good example of that is um, in the American office, it got to the point where they just stopped acknowledging that cameras were following. Uh, and in in the British office, even like early, early on when Gareth is talking to Tim and they have, he, he, he stacks all these boxes up and then Tim runs away. Oh, yeah. So he's talking to nobody. Gareth's like, I'm not talking to nobody. They're filming it. So yeah, there's... Um- so the and Chapin or Jeremy, you pointed it out that like I think the the most obvious answer to your question, Chapin, is Ricky Gervais. Like that's the biggest takeaway, right. and the performance is groundbreaking, and it is amazing. Um, going through it this time, and I don't know how much we want to launch into some more specifics right away, but I was blown away by Mackenzie Crook as Gareth in this show, and. Uh, Dwight in the American office is great at that role, but I don't think it compares. Like he, he is the perfect balance to Gervais. Whereas Martin Freeman plays this great straight man. And I think he's great in it. And we've seen him go on to much bigger and, and successful things, but we haven't really seen much of Mackenzie Crook in anything outside of the pirates of the Caribbean movies, but he is incredible in this role. And he's the perfect type of awkward without going over the top and that was my biggest, like, joy and takeaway going back and rewatching it. Hmm. What, what, besides his subtlety, what was the, what was so, what, what did that for you? Why, why? I mean, so his performance, so, and this, you could say the same about Gervais, and we have many times. Like, it's, it, it's multi dimensional. Like, it's not just kind of the goofy, you know, 
obnoxious coworker. Like you see some humanity in him when he finds out that David is leaving. Um, you see like this, this sort of like uh, professionalism, and that is what I want. Uh, this, prof- <laughs> this professionalism about him that like makes you sort of understand like why in the Christmas special he is now the boss and it makes sense despite how ridiculous he is huh. and so like I just feel like it's it's sort of got lost just among I mean we quote him all the time with you know lines like weasel probably and things like that and but he gets lost behind Gervais and Martin Freeman I think uh, amongst us for whatever reason I mean, everyone's really good in this show, but I would like to talk a little bit more about Gervais in particular and see if we can dissect exactly what it what it is about his performance that's A, so groundbreaking, and B, so good. Yeah, and before and, you do that, we should point out that I think the character, that character was the impetus for the whole series. You know, like they, Stephen Merchant was had an opportunity to make a pilot, and they just kind of based and wrote this this what became the office around this character that Gervais had kind of been joking around creating with and not really actually doing anything with but you know it all kind of began with David Brent yeah as and this is separate because Gervais is good from beginning to end of this series but the character of David Brent um if I'm to pick out a, a problem I had with the series is in season two his shift, his change to, into, to borrow kind of a line from the show, he becomes a little bit more of this Basil Fawlty type. And I feel like it's a little bit too far in the direction of he's just this, you know, it's, he's, he's consistently wrong. He's, you know, he's always getting in trouble. Like he's gone too far now. And I found it less entertaining and funny this time around. The second uh, season? The second season. Hmm. And the second season has some of the best episodes. It has the, the, the dance that basically defined both me and Jeremy's wedding, um, and it's got I think <laughs> I think your I, it's wife got what would I th- care to disagree, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anything else that happened in mean, space. Yeah, ask true. ask anybody else. <laughs> um, it has I think probably the best scene uh, from a just a purely like television standpoint, performance standpoint in the whole series when. He asks uh, um, Neil and Jennifer not to make him redundant. Um, so the season as a whole has some some great episodes, but I was frustrated by the character of David Brent in the second season hmm. because he's sort of just like always, like I said, he's always wrong. He's always going too far. Like he, like he's created this game show. Like it, you kind of you you can't side with him anymore because you've just seen too much of him being negligent. What do you think, Jeremy? Well, it's interesting. When Lee was saying that, I, I was like, what, what, what a really good question would be, would, would be what do we, like, what can we pick negatively about The Office? Like, what, right. what are some things, because we adore this show so much, what, what are some things that um, could stand out or could be improved in it? Um, and I don't really have... Uh, an answer for that obviously lee does with um his uh concept of gervais in the in the second season i also wonder if that lee is because you've seen it so many times and like you you didn't feel this way obviously the first like 14 times you've seen it 
<laughs> no, and I and I thought about that, and and I wasn't rewatching this. Like I really wasn't going into it the way we went into Jaws, looking for problems to have with it. Because one, I didn't feel like that was really what this episode was going to be about, and two, like I, you know, why do that to ourselves? Like this is this literally is been such an influential show for us. It's something that we've enjoyed individually and together for you know more than a decade, and. I don't want to ruin that by nitpicking and finding flaws with it. So I, I had no intention of doing that. Um, but yeah, I think just ha- maybe perhaps because I've seen it so many times, you know, and I literally know every single line of dialogue, there's nothing else really to pay attention to other than, you know, perhaps it on a, a, on a more global scale and like how it's working uh, as a season. I mean, I guess the one answer I would have for you about David Brent in the second season is that he they've got to have some motivation for firing him at the end of it. Spoiler alert. Agreed, you know? but like he's got to. That was wrong. there in the first season. I mean, well, not really. You know, they, I, they they promote him at the end of the first season. I mean, and so I think that that I mean the idea, of course, is that that uh, you know they the management is so oblivious to how bad of a boss he is or rather how unproductive of a boss he is that they promote him you know sort of sort of showing the ridiculousness of of you know this kind of middle management and you know working in this time of of the world anyways but but then by the end of it just and his behavior is so gets so over the top because he's been kind of um you know he's 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 been promoted based on what he thinks is the is the right material he's been you know his 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 behavior has been you know reinforced by the promotion and so he gets even more ridiculous in the second season i mean it's something i've never really even thought about but i mean that's and that's fair and i think you know if we're looking at it in the the realm of like absolute reality where you know how his how his how is he getting to the point he gets to at the end of each season with one a promotion and second season him being fired so yeah you're right there has to be something there that we can say okay that's the reason but i oddly like i never and again this could be jeremy like you said a part partly because i've seen it so many times but you know in in this critique i had of of david brant in the second season i never thought twice about Hit the reasons for him being fired like I was never like well it's because he was spending his time creating a game show or it's because he you know is is spending too much time um you know dealing doing the comic relief stuff it's because he talked back to Neil like none of that stuff crossed my mind it, it, it was really just this kind of as a whole looking at the character in general and it becoming a little bit too caricature-y mm. it, it was more a character thing than it was a like the a critique of the season as a whole yeah and i think if i were to try to pick out some negatives to the show maybe it goes a little bit overboard with how uncomfortable it can make the viewer i mean for me it doesn't bother me anymore because i've seen it so many times but i understand when a lot of people see the show for the first time they can they can get squeamish almost um at how sort of awkward it can get. And obviously that's the humor and that's part of what makes the show so so great. But uh, I could I could see that throwing some people off. Did you guys ever feel that way in the at the beginning? I did. I remember I watched it on, I think, probably your recommendation, Jeremy, and I did not yeah. like it the first time I saw it. 
and I can't remember how I came back to it, but um, obviously I did. And uh, but yeah, I mean it, it. It it is hard to watch, and and that's sort of like it's an interesting point that you bring that up as a negative, Jeremy, because I think you're right. I mean, it must have. It must have something that is immediately off-putting. I mean, it's not the prettiest thing to look at, which I think is obviously intentional. Um, but, you know, it, it also doesn't have the kind of common tropes we think of music and, you know, sort of a traditional storytelling method. Um, but sort of more than that, I think... God, I don't fuck. Well, I sort of lost my train of thought. But, um, I mean, I think... It, it 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 must it must act as like a barrier for people right like it mm-hmm. and and but that that stuff is so important to the show moving forward you know like i mean i kind of i i i don't feel that way when i watch it in fact i kind of feel the opposite i was thinking about um in in, in the context of this podcast like what other things are like this for us i was thinking like you know the movies we used to put on when we were drinking like put sw- pop swingers on for a little bit and 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 you know, like like swingers, I I kind of feel at home while watching The Office, but I I you just you so don't feel that way when you're watching it to begin with, um, and I think it's that awkwardness, and that awkwardness is important, but it's not something that I feel anymore when I watch it, you know, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. but I do think you have to separate. Like it, it's hard. It's it is really hard for us to you know, look at this movie and, and kind of talk about how we felt about it the first time around versus how we feel about it now, because yes, it's a great show. And I agree that Gervais's performance is, uh, influential and iconic. And, you know, I would say the same about, um, you know, a lot of the other aspects of the show and how it influenced everything. But like so much of the, our feelings for this show is, is based on just our relationship with each other with it if that you know what i mean like yeah literally literally every single episode i watched there was at least one line of dialogue that we say regularly to each other really i mean when we (laughs) when we don't when we're like having an awkward pause on the podcast we just say snacks yeah (laughs) like (laughs) like we we literally it it has made up so much of like uh, like how we talk to each other and I wouldn't go so far as to say it's the reason we're friends, but it certainly helped us get together. And, you know, I just think it that makes it nearly impossible to compare how we felt about it the first time we saw it to how we feel about it now. What, what I, when you say stuff like that, Lee, it, it like kind of reminds me that, like, the humor in it is very situational. Like, and what I mean by that is, like, a lot of what people really like about comedies in general are that they're quotable or that the the jokes sort of land in without you having to have have watched the movie necessarily or watch the TV show like the jokes are the jokes and they can work in the office that's not the case you just say snacks it's not you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> That that's not gonna you know, um, you know you're you're talking to a coworker one time. I remember you telling me this story, and you you tell the coworker, hey, if, you know, you keep your head up, one day you'll be <laughs> yeah. in the hot seat. He doesn't know what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about, but you know, like, and, and this goes back to my point about the performance of Gervais and how well he gets across that sort of 
weird loneliness and desperation to be liked and that's that's funny and that's in in a way it's somewhat like you you understand you you know somebody like that or it can be relatable at points and i think that is what the combination of just how he delivers those lines the situations and your comfortable comfortability with the characters and, and understanding of the characters that like all together make this make this show like so impactful if you really take the time to watch it and and like if you want to if you ever want to see me cry like put on the office special that one does it to me almost every time give me a few drinks and watch the end of the office special when don comes back to tim forget about it and that also reminds me of like how great they are like Chapin, he said they never like use music and stuff and they don't but like when they have that like diegetic music in it they're just it's so good and they're really good at using source music oh yeah for emotional impact I mean, yeah, there's a great, and I noticed it this time around in the, the Christmas special. Yeah, there's the, the scene where, I forget what song's playing, but you kind of see, you see David finally with, you know, his blind date, and like you see they're genuinely getting along, and then they, they kind of cut around to the entire party. You see kind of uh, Dawn by herself with Lee off with his warehouse friends. You see the, you see the woman who, and I don't know some of the side characters' names, I don't, like you barely even learn them in the show, but she's the one that says in an earlier season that she likes blacks. And, oh, then, yeah, yeah. The, and he was kissing somebody else, so then she's crying to her friend at right. the Christmas special. Right. I had never noticed that really? before. I've seen the show a hundred times. Oh, man. I had never noticed it before, and this music was playing. I'm like, this is so good. Yeah. Was it bigger than a bread basket? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's interesting. Just to try to answer that question about is what what is the worst thing about? Did you answer that, Jeremy? What the worst thing is? Yeah, that's how I brought up the awkwardness. Okay, gotcha. I, I mean, to me, it's like it's the kind of the constant comparison to it. I mean, it's sort of like the the weight and the sort of the legend of the office and and how I mean we, but I think a lot of people <clears throat> compare you know everything they've done together. And separately, Gervais and Merchant, as well as all the offshoots, like the the Office American, and you know, comparing kind of like the how it, it just sort of showed how great, you know, something like that could be. And you know, I, I think what might be bad on our part is we maybe maybe that comparison isn't fair, and it's not something that uh, you know is you know very helpful in in. I mean, for us, it's it's just it's going to make us constantly sad. But just uh, in, in analysis, just doesn't really mean anything. Well, what well, I think is interesting is that we are in the minority in the way that we compare this version of the office to the American office. Most people that we talk to and that I talk to compare it in the sense where they were f- more familiar and liked and saw the the American office before they saw this. And I think. It, it leads them to, and Jeremy, you brought this point up a little bit that it, they like it less as a result. They and like the British office less. Or? They like the British, the British yeah. version less as a result, and it's because you know we've been so exposed to this type of comedy now with shows like The Office and Modern Family and things like that, and 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 even movies now that do the mockumentary style that it become it that style becomes stale and 
the performances and the characters and the story within gets a little lost behind that. Whereas we look at it from the perspective as this came first, we this was our first love, and then the, everything else sort of followed suit. Yeah, but to go to your point about Gervais and Merchant Chapin is, I think where they, and they've made some good shows since since then, and they've made some stinkers, and we can get into that. But I think no matter what, where they've missed uh, missed the ball is being able to combine the the subtle awkward comedy with heart as well as they did in the office it just never quite got there and they tr- and you could tell how they tried to do it in like extras which probably came the closest to that but like that special in extras when Gervais is watching uh or Gervais is on that um yeah i'm a celebrity that, uh, real- here. Yeah. yeah reality tv show and uh what's her name maggie's watching and, oh, yeah, and he gives like, a speech yeah he gives a speech and it's like it's almost there and they try but it never it never earned that on the way to getting there whereas all the moments in the office earn those special like sort of heartfelt moments um well, that and are, it's that are scattered throughout the show. It's not even it's, just at the end. Yeah, it's not even. Yeah, it's not even just the moments. Like the the characters are so genuine, and and I think that's more what they've missed is they've never created characters that are are quite so relatable. And and you guys know the special feature that they have kind of the the uh, it's sort of like a look look back on the making of, and they're talking about it with all and all the uh, actors are back, and the towards the end of it, you know. Lucy Davis is like, yeah, it's sad that we're not doing it anymore. I'll miss everybody. And and they're all kind of looking back nostalgically at it. <laughs> and then Ricky Gervais is like, get over it. Move on. Show's <laughs> over. But like, it's sort of an example of like how all, like they felt, they felt like this was, you know, th- that all their characters were real and there was real relationships and they sort of are going to miss that. And I think that's just what's missing. Hmm. Well, speaking of that, um, you guys, we, we had a pact for a while that we were going to get together and watch um, the David Brent movie Life on the Road together. Um, And you guys eventually watched it. Did you guys watch it together? We did. We pretended you you were there. Oh, that's nice. Um, (laughs) How was it? Did you? I never never watched it. it. Uh, It was absolutely terrible. Okay, so how how does that happen? I don't understand. I mean, if anything, it goes to show you how good The Office was and how it hit on something so difficult to hit on because it's it's essentially the same character, but the sort desperation... Of. Yeah, of. sort of, but the desperation becomes everything in that. The desperation for him to be liked, the desperation of famous. It, there was nothing else No, but I don't, even, I don't feel like that's what the problem was. Like, the... And it, and this is by no means uh, letting it off the hook, but it it was tr- it sort of was playing on it was trying to be play like it's inappropriate jokes at a, in the wrong time period. Like it, it just doesn't work today the way it worked in two thousand one. And uh, but the biggest thing is it just was scene after scene of him at another gig, just it playing Same these songs over and over again. these that he wrote that were just horribly inappropriate or you know racist or or misogynistic or just bad or what and it was just over and over and over again and there was no comedy in it and yeah it was just sad it was it was a sad look at Gervais and maybe that's what they were going for to see like how that character has continued to fall since le- being 
fired, but it it was there's nothing there. there was nothing redeeming about it. So I really doubt that's what they were going for. No, but it was really it was like it was bad. I'm glad we didn't like pay to <laughs> take a trip somewhere <laughs> to watch just to watch that. Oh yeah, would have been bummed out for the rest of the trip. <laughs> I I think it's interesting. His career is really interesting to follow. Um, I've obviously like I I love the things that he does. You know the podcast and all that, but. Beyond that, like he's he's someone who has talked. He talks very openly about you know the importance of being his you know a writer director and kind of like you know owning his own material, doing his own material. And it's interesting because it just it just has not worked out for him. You know, in the in the sort of the 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 sort of oddly auteur nature of The Office. I mean, he was a nobody. He had never really done anything on TV before. Um, making this series and then suddenly he's like this huge star where he like stars in a show that he writes and directs co-writes and co-directs rather um which is which is pretty unlikely i mean there's more of a precedent for it now you know with like it seems very a lot more popular nowadays um but at the time it was pretty revolutionary but then that that ownership that kind of like writer director star thing has has kind of gotten him he he really has made some awful things in that position. I think a lot of the stuff on Netflix being the best example. Um, you know, I I think his stand up's okay, but like you know, I think he's like most famous for the Golden Globes and all that. I mean, what do you what are your guys' thoughts on the how he's continued things? I mean, it's definitely a disappointment, right? Like not just the David Brent movie, but like um, you know, well, it's and, a disappointment. It's a disappointment that he doesn't seem to work with merchant anymore that they've kind of gone off and did their own things i'd love to see them collaborate again and yeah i mean some of the stuff he's done is really really bad those netflix movies um life on the road i do like his stand-up his new his new stand-up's really good uh humanity um but yeah it's it's interesting it's just it's it's trying we're we're so desperate for for him to hit that lightning in a bottle again but I don't think his like post office career has been terrible or anything. Like I do think extras is good. Life is short has its moment. It has one of the funniest moments ever put on television. The uh, Liam Neeson Oscar Schindler. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I make I make lists all the time. Uh, so he still has it. It's still capable. But yeah, there just hasn't been anything close to the office. And I think part of that is just not having Merchant with him. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I really, I thought, I, I really did. I really loved extras. I think extras is really good. I know you guys don't seem to like it as much as I do, but um, I, I like it. I like. I it. think on a scene by scene basis, it's great. But I think it's I think different as a whole from from series, it doesn't work as well. Hmm. Okay. Because it has like it has such great scenes. Like uh, the one that always comes to mind first for whatever reason is the one with uh, Daniel Radcliffe. With his magnum condom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you have the Patrick Stewart scene, too. <laughs> like, it, uh, again, on a scene-by-scene basis, it's hilarious. I think another... Have you have either of you guys watched that Derek show that he's on? I, I never got through it. I watched a few episodes. I did. I actually liked it. I, I actually kind of enjoyed Derek. I, I think he was... He went more towards the heart of things, and he was trying something completely different, and unlike extras or life is short which is which is smartly is mostly about like these little vignettes with celebrities 
it, like interweaving them into the uh, the lives of the you know couple main characters. Um, Derek is more of an overall like The Office. I mean, it's more of a show about people and characters and, and subtleties. Um, it it could have gone real bad. I mean, it, it like. Gervais plays somebody who is not all mentally there. Yeah, they, that uh, that was always kind of. It's tough ambiguous. to tell sometimes with the wheelchair ones. Yeah, with the wheelchair ones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God>. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, but I. I it's not. Ger- that's not offensive. It's from the show. No, you're right. You're right, Jeremy. I I, the reason I bring up Derek is because I, I I felt the same way. I felt that there's some, there were some very very funny moments in that show, and some actually some very heartwarming moments of that show. But just yeah. the oscillation back and forth between the two was so, was so like awkward. Between and, who? But just between between the between the you know the sort of the heartfelt you know sort of oh, emotional moments yeah. and the funny moments, and that was yeah, something that was ha- so well done in the office. Like I mean, you had like this co- the the comedy that wasn't over the top, but then you'd have these the emotional moments with like you know specifically with Tim and Don and. You know, I don't know, like, they, they did that so well. That was almost what was so remarkable about The Office was that their ability to, like, you know, have a joking, you know, have a hilarious scene one moment, and then the next moment they have the moment where Tim takes off his mic and you've got, like, silence over the over the video while he's obviously, you know, confessing his love to, to Dawn. And, like, I don't know, that those moments in Derek were just, like, so, so poorly done, poor, poorly handled, the sort of the... Yeah. The back and forth that I don't know. I was just sort of amazed how how that you could, they could be so different. Yeah, no, you're you're 100 percent right. And to hit that mark, and that's what's so remarkable about the office to hit that mark as well as they did. It's not something you it, it, like. There's no scientific approach to that. Just well, it's and, not yeah, and easy. it's and it's not yeah, exactly. It's not easy, and I think we're here tr- like cr- sort of almost criticizing Gervais for not having been able to do it again but nobody has in our opinion and we mentioned that at the beginning it's been the most influential piece of art for us you know since we've become friends and because it's it's so hard to do and you know he did it so well but it it it, it sets this bar that we just want him or anybody to hit again and it's just you know it's a unrealistic expectation I mean, I, I do want to delve a little bit more into just the influence. I mean, there, the influence of The Office, you know, post when it, since it finished on comedy itself. And it's hard to, like, you know, say anything specific that this was, like, this was influenced by, you know, taken from The Office here or this was taken from The Office here. But I just think, like, the overall general tone of the comedy those 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 looks the subtleties the pauses the awkwardness like all that stuff you never really saw before it was like Seinfeld is like it's a great show we all love Seinfeld but it's nothing it doesn't have anything like that in those those human moments or moments where the camera has to catch the actor uh, making a face for the joke to land or stuff like that like it just really it really didn't exist before The Office. And then you watch anything now, like between, you know, The American Office, Parks and Recs, even even in like something like Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I see Dennis doing a yeah. David Brent sometimes. Like I see those moments. And 
I just don't think The Office gets the credit for changing comedy that I believe it deserves. Because it's almost like you can draw a line between pre-office and post-office. And I know a lot of that has to do with like laugh tracks and like four camera sitcoms and that sort of thing going away. But a lot of it also has to do with the incredible, you know, performances and those those moments that never really were played for laughs before The Office that you then saw since then. It's a really good point. And, you know, I was I was watching this. This was last week and I was it was actually actually I don't remember when it was, but it was actually before we had mentioned that and discussed that we were going to podcast about the office but i was watching football and you know how during the games on cbs there's all these ads for all the new shows in the fall season and like as much content as there is and we talk about it all the time amazon hbo all and netflix everything that offers all these great shows now whether it's drama or comedy like i i oddly had this like nostalgic feeling for like good network comedies and not and not that the office totally falls into that, but so many of the shows that you just mentioned that were influenced by the office, like parks and rec and the, and the American office and things like that were those network TV shows. And I just look now and I'm like, there is nothing even close to the comedy or the, or even the interest level to something like this. And I was just sort of lamenting that and thinking like, you know, is it because everybody's sort of thrown their hands up and saying like, okay, this has all been done. Like we can't do this style anymore. We got to try to find something new or is it that they are doing it and it's just not as good? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's tough to tell. I mean, particularly for me, it's like, it's just interesting to see where, where things kind of went after the office and like what it freed, comedies up to do as far as like oh we can we can we can get the laugh like we we can take the moment and have a character react in a way and you don't you don't need a punchline and we can have that as the moment and it i feel like it freed comedies up to do that which you know i think i think it's interesting it's interesting you guys bringing up the you know the new wave of stuff and the Netflix and all that and all the content that's available now. I I feel like in this new revolutionary time when when there is so much content that I don't know that comedies have come as far as they have. You know, like when when you guys used to talk about the golden age of TV, I think we're still in it to some extent. But like dramas have come a long way. You know, they're doing amazing things with dramas. Um, but I think I think comedy kind of peaked. Um, maybe in the early 2000s with, with The Office and I guess it's sort of immediate um, kind of the, the holdovers from it. But I don't, I don't see people doing, I don't know that it, comedy has benefited from this, you know, this new content, the, you know, this new wave of content as much as um, dramas have. And that's just my, just my own taste. I, I, you know, yeah, like, I would agree. I would agree with that, Chapin. And I, I think like we still, there's still like there's been a bunch of good comedies post uh, The Office, and, and I would also put like The Office slash Arrested Development in there as sort of the two pivotal 
ones that sort of kicked off a bunch of comedies that I think are really good. I mean, everyone has different opinions on it, but, you know, the Parks and Recs, the 30 Rocks, um, you know, the beginning of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, um, the American Office, all that stuff uh, are all really good. But, yeah, I, I feel like you look at it now, it's like Arrested Development's still trying to just repeat what they had in the first few seasons and can't do it. The Brit- the American Office went to nine seasons. Always Sunny uh, is literally repeating what they did. Always Sunny is literally repeating episodes. Uh, you know, it's like they hit something. They hit a stride there. Uh, and, yeah, and, it just hasn't been able to be. And all those shows that you just mentioned, Jeremy, have all been on you know, kind of more traditional venues. Like, I mean, we, I, I don't, I can't, I mean, I guess the new Arrested Development is on Netflix, right? So. Yeah, but that was a Fox show. Yeah, I got canceled on Fox. But it's like, it's like, why, why haven't people been able to find an innovative way to do comedy? You know, like they've, they've tried to do kind of late night on, on, on streaming services and it hasn't worked. And, um, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to see that, that, you know, it's, it, I, there's no real, real good explanation for why it's not working. Well, it's interesting because the, the like, I'm I'm trying to think of the comedies that are on now, and HBO has had some that I think are um, that are good. I, th- I I think Silicon Valley is funny. I think Veep is funny, but none of these shows have any lasting power at all. Like they're forgettable. Like they're, they're funny to watch, but nothing draws me back to rewatch episodes. They're not nothing. Make I, I don't ever want to quote them. The most quotable comedy on TV right now is Bob's Burgers. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's true. I mean, they it's are true. they are doing good stuff with animation. I feel like I feel like animation might has come a long way, right? I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, I the agree. Simpsons are. I mean, that's a whole other conversation because the Simpsons obviously is the big influence in that category. Well, that's gonna do it for this special edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. Hopefully, we'll be back on a regular basis from now on after our summer break um, next week we don't exploring. know exploring ourselves in Europe and Asia um, but for now uh, it's going to be me, I'm Chapin Hemingway Lee Carlo and Jeremy Fisk thank you so much for joining you've us you've been the best I've been the best, me? no, and he plays the song Oh, just, just uh, quote Desiree alright, thank you very much <laughs>